Yeah, there's cookies out there, so have those. All right. How do you wash your hands over the holiday? Santaizer. Why don't you ever see Santa in a hospital? Because he has private elf care. I didn't say they were great. I just said they were great. Why is Santa afraid of getting stuck in a chimney? Because he has claustrophobia. Claustrophobia. Got to read it right to make it a little bit funnier, I guess. What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their game in a hotel lobby? Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Tinselitis. At least I got something. I take a boo over over nothing. All right, our scripture this morning is Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Isaiah thought he was very funny this morning. I came in and he said, I don't, I can't tell if someone made uh, pajamas out of your suit or they made the suit out of your pajamas. So I like my suit. I'll take, anyone sees a green one and a red one, I'll take those. That way I can wear three every Christmas season. I'll take it. Luke chapter one, we're going to start in verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice highly, favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come unto you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son, in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I've, I've uh, used illustration at Christmas time several times. Uh, one of, I think it's Chris's favorite Christmas movie and maybe up there is one of her favorite movies of all time Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Misfit Toys how many have ever seen that movie all right it's it's not high quality 
it is uh, um, it's actually bad quality at this time. Um, but I like it. We like the story. We like the movie. And uh, we actually have all of the stuffed animals. We've got, they're all over our house. We've got a little, one of the kids' favorite uh, um, little things that you push the mountain and, and all of the figures uh, go around singing and they, they love it. Uh, little David's, or Eli sits there and he'll just dance to the music. He loves it. But if you don't know the movie, it's a story of a misfit reindeer called Rudolph. He's born with a very bright nose. Rudolph's parents were worried that their son would be ridiculed by everyone. And putting mud onto his nose, Rudolph's father, Donner, encouraged his son to try to just fit in. Eventually, his embarrassing attribute is revealed, and its ruby brightness was shown. Instantly, Rudolph becomes the outcast and runs away to the island of the misfit toys. Among the misfits, he finds a home and he finds love there. Yet the horrible, abominable snowman lurks in the background. He and his friends must rally their courage to save the island and to save each other. Finding his way back home, Rudolph walks with new confidence that he's found on the island. And when an unexpected fog sets in, the misfit deer finally has a chance to shine. And Santa says to him, everyone say it with me, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Santa came to him. He becomes the hero. He's able to be uh, used to save Christmas. The misfit reindeer finds his purpose in life. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer reminds us, if you want to discover your purpose this Christmas season, you need to understand the kind of people that God uses. God uses people who desire to do his will. Well, let me start by saying, how many know he doesn't pick perfect people? Aren't we glad for that? Look through the Bible. Twelve disciples. Not a single one of them had any reason to be a disciple at all. His lineage. If you look through his lineage, there's not a winner in there. I mean, like you look in there and, and you're going, eh, why did he come through that one? Because he doesn't use perfect people. He uses people who desire to do his will. Verse 38 says there, it says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. In the NIV it says, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to do or to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. I'm willing to do whatever you want. What is it that you're calling of me? Do we go to God that way? The Greek word here is uh, dulios. Mary picks this interesting word here. Dulios has a, a deep, profound meaning. It, it means to be devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. One who gives himself up to another will, uh, to one's will, whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. It's a pretty interesting word that she says there. He's coming to her. You look there. The angel of the Lord appears to her. 
tells her this, I mean, an angel comes to you and says, all right, I know you've never been with a man before, but the Holy Spirit's got it. He's going to come in. He's going to impregnate you. You're going to, you know, the one that you've been waiting for, the one that you've read about in the Old Testament, the one that's going to come and save the world. He's, uh, he's chosen you. Can you imagine God put that responsibility on you? You have to be the mother of Christ. And she says, I'm going to disregard my own life. I'm going to disregard my interest. I will do whatever you want. Do we do that? Paul calls himself the, the same word in Romans 1.1. 1, 1. In 2 Timothy 2.24, he refers to the elders and the ministers as dulios. James, the brother of Jesus, calls himself dulios of Christ. Not only did Peter refer to himself as dulios in 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, but he calls all believers to use their freedom as dulios of God. That's what a follower of Christ is supposed to be. We don't just follow him when we want to. We're supposed to surrender to Christ. Give up our own interest and we're to be about Christ's interest. Mary is the forerunner of all those who give who give themselves up, give their own will up for Christ, for advancing the word of God. God uses people who are willing to become dulios, to be a sacrifice. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our money. We sacrifice our own interest. That means get rid of our selfishness. But what about, nope. Well, what about, nope. My family, my friends, my job, my, nope. We are to be all in dulios for Christ. That's what she says there. Whatever you want. You want to find your purpose this Christmas? Ask yourself if you're willing to become a dulios for Christ. She also uses a word here, curios, Greek word here. Mary may just be using a, a little respect like sir or ma'am, but that's not what she uses. She uses this word, curios, and uh, it means uh, God or king, master, lord. She's saying to him, whatever you want, master, whatever you want, lord. She's surrendering to her lord, her master. Mary was saying, I belong to you, God. I give up my rights to you. How you see fit for me. What do you want me to do? The church is not full of dulios. The church was full of dulios. There'd be ministries everywhere. Not a single church would ever have to ask for anything. Never have to ask for volunteers. One church I worked at, and let me, let me tell you here. This church was booming. This church was growing. You want to know the difference between a growing church and a non-growing church? Here it is. Dulios. Servanthood. We have a list a mile long. Everybody signed what they were wanting to do. If you need this, 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 call me. The next person, you want this, 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 this whatever, call me. We had a list. Anything ever needed. I could have called 20 people and they'd have been there like that. Servanthood, dulios. 
Today, the problem is, hey, can you, ah, well, I've got this family gathering. I've got, hey, do you want to go to this? There's this great concert. There's this great ministry. There's this great speaking. Well, I've got this. Got quiet. God uses people who decide to face their fears. Verse 38 there. Let it be to, to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary is facing physical danger here. Men and women were betrothed when they were engaged to be married. This usually took place about a year or so before. From the time that they were betrothed, the woman was regarded as the lawful wife of the man. Joseph could have made a public example of her. He didn't impregnate her. It was, was not his child officially. He could have had her killed. If you look in Deuteronomy 22, 22, if a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, then both of them shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman so you shall put away the evil from Israel. If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gates of the city and you shall stone them to death with the stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he humbled his a neighbor's wife, so you shall put away the evil from among you. She's gambling here on this angel's word. None of us here are, are having to put our lives on the line. In America, we're still free to serve God. We're still free to worship God. We're still free to work for God. We're still free to say his name right now. So nobody's putting their life on the line. She was. Mary faced abandonment. Joseph could have broke off the marriage agreement and, and done a divorce letter. Deuteronomy 24.1, when a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens when she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanliness in her, he writes a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. He could have just sent her on her way, abandoned her. She faced that as well. Mary faced rejection. She could have endured the pregnancy alone as an outcast, heard the ridicules of the neighbors and her own family. She could have heard the tongues that would surely wag as she drew water at the well or shopped at the market. It is hard to imagine Mary, a young teen, not being filled with fear at all. Because there was possible hardships all around her. God is asking you to do stuff much simpler than that. There's no death involved. There's no abandonment involved. There's no rejection involved. And what rejection there may be, you don't want them anyways. We're to be set apart from those people anyways. We're worried about people that we're not supposed to worry about. We're worried about our friends or coworkers saying, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're a Christian. You go to church too much. You sing too much. You're happy too much. You talk about God too much. We need to be worried about what God says. You don't spend enough time with me. You don't read my word enough. 
You don't go to church enough. You don't talk about me enough. You don't witness enough. What holds you back from discovering God's purpose? The fear that it will cost too much, be too hard, be too inconvenient or overwhelming? What holds you back? The fear of failure, ridicule, inexperience, lack of resources? What holds us back? Mary faced similar fears, greater fears than we'll ever know. Are you willing to face your fears and discover God's purpose for you? The third thing, God uses people who dare to trust his promises. How many have ever been bungee jumping? Anybody? Have you? Seriously? <laughs> Anybody? I've never... I've never been bungee jumping. Have you? Okay, you're crazy. All right. We knew that before, but now it's verified. All right. Now, I've thought long and hard, but uh, this is, this is uh, crazy about bungee jumping. You don't have to be nuts, not really nuts to do it. You just have to be able to trust what has been provided for your safety, right? That's basically what it boils down to. If, you, if you're uh, parachuting, you have to be able to trust what's provided for you. I don't trust the parachute. You know, uh, our son loves to parachute, and he keeps saying, come on, Mom, parachute with me. Come on, come on, I'll pay. Come on, come on. She's like, no, I don't trust it. And he's like, oh, well, there's this backup. There's a safety valve that'll go off and... Nope, don't trust it. Bungee jumping. I don't trust it. I mean, like best case scenario, it'll pop my hip out. I spent a lot of time and money on rehab on this hip. All right. It'll sit there and pull. I don't trust it. My luck is the band-aid will go bing. Not band-aid, uh, the rubber band. I'll go by, you know. I don't trust it. Mary is not nuts here. She simply is daring to trust the promise of God. She trusts what's provided for her safety she, right that's what it boils down to in life do we trust what's provided for us in this case she's trusting what's provided for her when we step out and face our fears we can trust in the same way that mary did there's two promises the overshadowing power in verse 35 and the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. We know that the power comes from the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Luke 4.14 And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. She had the power of the Holy Spirit going to be over. It's going to be overshadowing her, protecting her. All the overshadow means everywhere, right? All around her, top to bottom, all over her. The Holy Spirit, which is the power above all powers, is going to protect her. That was the promise. And we have that same promise. 
When you step out in faith, when you do what you're supposed to be doing, when you trust in the safety that's provided for you, that's that overshadowing power. Do you trust that more than the world? Do you trust the Holy Spirit's power over your own? That's what most of us, we rely on ourselves. I'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, how's that working for you? I said this before. I was talking to a guy in prison. In prison. Well, he may have been in jail, about to go to prison. And I was talking to him about God. And he said, I, I, don't, I don't believe in God. I don't need that God. I, I, I believe that I'm my own God and I do my own thing. And I kind of looked around like this and I said, how's that working for you? We trust ourselves over the power of the Holy Spirit. That is true nuts. That is crazy. Trusting in the Holy Spirit is not the crazy Trust in ourselves or trust in our friends, our family is nuts. The second thing, omnipotence, all powerful nature of God. Verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren for with God. Nothing is possible. Is that what that says? Nothing is impossible. We sing several songs that say that same thing, that with God, nothing is impossible. Whew, I just got goosebumps. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Not some things, maybe you can do. Now, the key to that is I can do all things Christ, when I'm with Christ, when I'm in that overshadowing Holy Spirit, when I'm following that, the problem is the Holy Spirit's going here. It's a straight, narrow path. We want to go this way. And we wonder, oh, what's going on? Why isn't anything working out for me? That's nuts. We Follow me, God. <laughs> That's what we're saying, right? We're arguing with God. You need to follow me, God. Like, I'm going to go this way, and I want all your blessings. I want your Holy Spirit to follow me and, and protect me and bless me. Multiple blessings. I need them. Follow me as I go. I, you know, I'll cross your path occasionally. When we're in the overshadowing power of God and the Holy Spirit, nothing is too hard for God. Your situation is not too hard for God, because nothing includes your problem. Nothing is impossible for God. No matter what your problem is, it falls under that category of nothing, right? Nothing means your finances, your emotions, your relationships, your car, your house. Doesn't matter what it is, you can pick it out. Nothing covers it. Isn't that awesome to know that God covers our problems. Are you willing to trust in the same two promises as Mary was? If you desire to do his will, to discover your purpose, if you're willing to face your fears, then God offers you these same two promises. The power of the Holy Spirit 
and the presence of overshadowing you and his sufficient power to accomplish what he calls you to do. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to step out and say, yes, I'm willing to be your doulios. If you want to discover your purpose this Christmas season, you need to understand the kind of people God uses. God uses people who desire to be used, decide to face their fears that would hold them back, and dare to trust in God's promises. Are you one of those people? Rudolph reminds us of one last important thing about discovering our purpose. Eventually, it all boils down to the question, Rudolph, with your nose bright, won't you guide our sleigh tonight? Now, at that point, he could have said no. <laughs> nope, I don't want to be up front. You think that's real bright? It ain't that bright. I still can't see. I got to put all everybody's Christmas trusted in me. He could have had all the fears, all the excuses in the world. Well, you know what? I got this family gathering that I got to go to. You know, I, right now I don't have the money to do it. I don't have the time. Man, whew, you should see my calendar. You could have had all kinds of excuses, right? The same is true for us. It boils down to God saying, with the gifts I supply you through the sufficient power, will you step out and fulfill your purpose? Are you willing to be used this Christmas season of God? Are you going to be like Mary and say, choose me? Call me. I'm willing to do it. Let's bow our heads. If you don't know him this morning. Jesus came. This is Christmas morning. He came. All those years ago. For you. He came as a baby. So that he could die on the cross. For you, for your sins, no matter what your sins are, no matter what you've done, it doesn't matter. He says, come. He's standing there with arms wide open, waiting for you to come. All you have to do is ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to come into your heart. And then for the rest of us, he's asking. You asked me into your heart, but you haven't totally surrendered. Are you willing to be the Dulios that he needs? The one that he uses. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, we thank you that we're able to come together on your birthday. Celebrate you, your birth. Lord, we know that because of that, you were able to die on the cross for each and every one of us and all of our sins. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us of all of our sins, to come into our hearts. And Lord, then we ask you to call us and use us. We put aside all of our own interests and all of our Everything in our lives, Lord, nothing but you. God, we just thank you for your love.
Use us. Call us. Give us that confidence, knowing that your Holy Spirit is always with us and overshadow protection power through us. And Lord, with you, nothing is impossible. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.